0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: And we are back for our weekly meeting. I'll go first. I'm Hal. I'm an animal-holic. I love my animals. (laughs) And it's really not a problem. I mean, I enjoy it. Some people might call it a problem. Some people may say, well, he doesn't spend time with me anymore because he's always with his animals. I like my animals.
2: Yeah. Too bad to them.
1: So uh, welcome to the meeting.
2: That, that is my, my pet, Diane, yeah. the yeah. cat who just knocked over my microphone. Yeah. Thank you, Diane. Yeah. They're everywhere we are, aren't they? They, yeah. pr- they pretty much are. I, you know what?
1: I was unaware that you even had a cat in there.
2: <laughs> they were all dogs <laughs> in
1: there. But uh, there, it's a newsroom full of animals in there. there. You should see the fur flying sometimes.
2: Everybody gets along.
3: Everybody does get along very well. I'm,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm
3: amazed. See, I don't have a problem. I just have a few animals, and I don't have a problem. I can I can give them up any time. You could. No, I don't you, you would lie. Yeah, yeah, lie you lie, you lie. This is some intervention going on here now. It huh? is some <laughs> intervention. <laughs> yes.
1: On today's show, we're going to find out the whole deal behind pentabarbital, which has been found in some... Uh, Foods. Pet foods. Pet foods. Oh. It's a euthanasia agent, which is usually used to euthanize animals. And uh, we're having our expert back on today from the Clean Label Project. What is her name again? Oh, Jacqueline. Jacqueline Bowen, right? Yes. Just a guess. God, I can't believe that. I actually remembered that name. <laughs> well, it's important to me. Jacqueline is, uh, she works for an organization that's done a lot of tests on the food that you feed your animals. And it's only getting worse from what I hear. Terrible.
4: Yeah, we had her back on. Uh, last year talking about how all our animals are getting cancers from pet foods as well
1: you know what's happening is all these companies are buying up all the foods like uh, we found out natural balance bought by smuckers that was actually about a year ago and that was one of the yeah, foods And then we
2: found out that when there was more pentobarbital in some of the canned dog food a couple of weeks ago that that was in dog foods that were manufactured by Smucker.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So we're going to get the lowdown on that with Jacqueline coming up sometime before we leave today right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on over there?
2: Well, because we all love happy endings, uh-huh. and especially when it involves a, a homeless animal getting a home. we got a great story for you about a, a poor little guy that was left abandoned, tied to a tree in the woods. What? What? Yeah. All ends well, though, and I'll give you the details.
1: Okay, that's on the way. Joey, what are you working on?
3: Well, you know how we change our hairstyles at least I do every now and then. Um, your pet has choices, so let's talk about how we can you know make your pet look a little bit better. <laughs>
2: Now, when you say pet, though, Joey, is that just pretty much
3: dogs? Pretty yeah, much dogs, doing? cats. Cats is, cats are a little bit more of a problem. They don't like to, they don't like to sit in the chair and you know and and get their hair done. Um, <laughs> sit really under the dryer so much. That. But um, and cats can. Don't get me wrong. Um, I have some really really great creative cat pitches at at one of my grooming shows. But for the most part, we're talking about dogs. Okay, that's on the way in just a few minutes. First year phone calls.
1: Hi, Shar.
5: Hi, how are you?
1: Good. How are you doing? Where are you calling from today?
5: I'm in Los Alamitos, California.
1: Okay. I know the area very well. So what's going on?
5: Well, I have a five-year-old tabby named Cherub, and she likes to bite. And she's been this way for five years. She just likes to bite, and sometimes she attacks me.
6: Is she your only kitty?
5: Yeah, she's my only kitty.
6: Okay. And what are you guys doing before the bites happen? Are you petting her? Is she playing with you? What's going on?
5: Well, like the other night, she was at the end of my bed, and I accidentally kicked her, and she got mad and attacked me. And so I said, no, cherub, no, no biting, no biting. And I clapped my hands, and she left the room. But I used to sleep with her and she didn't bite that much. She would just bite a little bit. But now ever since that happened she's been biting more. But she is a good kitty. I do love her very much.
6: Yeah, and how old was she when you got her?
5: Just a baby. Just like eight weeks old. Eight weeks? Okay, yeah.
6: So there's a couple things going on here. With a kitty of that age, you know, if we are sending kitties into home at eight weeks of age, they don't always get enough of socialization. And there's different forms of socialization. So just like dogs, you know, good behaviors and manners are developed by being taught by either our peers or by the humans that are involved with you know dogs and cats when they're at that age. So at eight weeks, she doesn't really have much time with her So any kittens, um, you know, we kind of plucked her out of that situation, and, and she didn't have that stimulation inside the home. Um, and she also didn't have her mama around. And a lot of times um, it takes um, a mother's influence to kind of set these youngins right. And this is why for a lot of dog breeds as well, a lot of actually for, you know, a lot of the larger dog breeds, we encourage them to stay with mom longer because um, they learn those proper things about bite inhibition and how to behave and get along well with others. Um, when we don't have that early experience or especially I see this a lot in kittens that are uh, hand raised. So, you know, maybe they're fosters that mom was, you know, died and there's no mom around to take care of them. We do see that biting can be more of a problem because of this lack of the socialization. So not to say that, you know, all hope is lost, but we understand where this is coming from. And so there's a couple of things, Char, that I think that we, I would ask you to do differently than what we are doing currently. One is that punishment is really has no place for a cat that is doing a biting behavior. And actually, just like a dog, it can escalate the situation. It can make them more anxious. Um, and can actually drive for more um, vigorous biting that can, can be followed after the punishment. So for cats with this, we don't punish. We just disassociate with the, the behavior. So if she's biting you um, with whatever is triggering it beforehand, you're petting her, you're walking down the hall, you're lying in bed, we need to get her out of that situation. So if that means you get up and move out of the room, scooch her out of the room, um, we, we're ceasing that contact. It's just not, we're not going to try to reason her through that. Um, so if that means this happens regularly when you're sleeping, she, I would shut the door. She, she should not be sleeping with you because then you're just repeating this behavior over and over again and you're setting her up to have more failures basically. We do want to reward her for being quiet, calm, and allowing you to interact with her in a positive way. So if she's sitting by you on the couch, you know, this is a time we might give her treats. Or we might play with a toy in a okay. kind of non-hands-on manner. So kinds of like the cat dancer toys, toys on um, fish poles and strings. Things where you are out of that physical equation are really what she needs. Nothing where you'd be close getting your hands um, tussling with her or um, getting it as part of the play item itself. And and you can.
5: I shouldn't sleep with her anymore. Then, right?
6: No, if she's biting you every night when you move your leg, that this is this is not a healthy situation for you or for her. Um, I would provide a a comfortable place for her where she feels like that's a cozy. It may be a perching spot. um, It may be you know a cat tree. It may be a type of a window seat, something where she can have a little bit more of a cozy elevated position. But yeah, if this happens happens all the time
5: she bites me what should i do after she bites me and attacks me what should i do
6: So just like a kid, we don't want to reward that behavior with any kind of attention. Negative attention is still attention. So if biting means I get mom to scream, to run, to do something, then she's actually getting the response she wants every time. So it's hard, (laughs) but you don't want to get excited. You basically want to either remove yourself from the situation, shut a door between you, or to have her follow go into another area, throw a toy, throw food. Get her to a different location without a lot of drama and without all of the, um, uh, you know, the corrections. We, we aren't going to talk and reason a cat through this behavior. So um, most humans, that's what we do. We're like, hey, stop that. What are you doing? I love you. Why are you doing that? <laughs> so that's not our approach. We want it all. It's not going to help get through.
5: Originally, they told me to squirt her with a squirt bottle.
6: And I don't like that in the situation for that same reason. It, it, yes, it can disrupt the behavior, but so can you walking away. Um, so I would rather not distress the pet in the situation. I would rather, um, try to, see these episodes coming, know what triggers it. Um, So if you know walking down a certain hallway, she sees you and she wants to chase your heels, you should have a toy in your pocket. Um, You should have something so you can toss it and throw it in another direction so that you don't become the target, so that you have some kind of distraction.
5: Is it okay if I pick her up? Sometimes she bites me when I pick her up, but sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes she likes it when I pick
6: her up. Well, you know, this is where we need to read her behavior. There are clues that cats are telling us Every time we're interacting with them. And you just have to get savvy at reading before you get bit because those clues are there. Now, if she is seeking out attention and she wants to be picked up, that's great. But um, if she bites you more than 50% of the time when you pick her up, I'm going to ask you not to do that because then we're, we are creating that physical contact that she's not asking for. She'll jump on your lap if she wants to be held. Um, I wouldn't make that choice for her. One thing I want to mention, Char, and I think this is important for single cat households to realize, is that cats are predators. You know, when they're out in the wild, they're hunting, they're doing their job. They are occupying anywhere between 15 to 46 percent of their day hunting. So that means they are spending that much time doing these predatory behaviors, jumping, pouncing, leaping, attacking in a house cat situation, especially a single house cat situation, we don't have that opportunity for them. So we need to create that with scheduled playtime, and to do that in a positive way with those kind of toys that are away from you. We need to do that for at least at least twice a day, three times a day, five to fifteen minutes per session. What
5: about a scratch post?
6: Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Scratch post isn't a very interactive thing, so it's only going to keep her interested for a short period of time. So what I'm talking about is actually scheduling playtime. When you have a toy or toys, generally we have to switch it up with cats and schedule playtime. And if she starts to get agitated and she starts to get to where she wants to bite, then we stop. But if we don't expend this energy, she is just going to find the opportunity, and it's going to come out when you don't want it. So that would be my thing is a prescription for trying to tire this baby out and give her what she's lacking in her household situation. She doesn't have a friend to play with. She just has you, and she has half of her day she wants to spend hunting. So let's give her that opportunity, and then hopefully you you won't become the the hunted object.
1: (laughs) It sounds like you're a great cat owner. It sounds like you're very attentive to your cat.
5: I am. I really am. I love
1: her a lot. Well, thank you for calling today, Char, and let us know how it goes. Okay, thank
5: you.
1: Thank you for your call today. Toll free, it's 1-866-405-8405. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone, Android, and Blackberry.
0: Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself there has to be a better way. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
1: It's animal radio. And even I try to stay away from the news. You may be one of these people, too, that just you, you can't turn on the TV, you can't watch the news. But even me. But,
2: but I'm safe news. I'm safe news. You here. are
1: safe news. And we'll take.
2: fake news, I'm safe news. <laughs>
1: and you're very real news.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: One of the uh, pieces of news you can't miss that came out this last week was talking about the pentabarbital being found in several major brands of food, of pet food. And it, it probably got your attention. You probably said, okay, do I have this food? Am I feeding my animal this food? And chances are really good that you might be feeding your animal some food that's been tainted. That's at least according to Jacqueline Bowen. She works with the Clean Label Project. She is no stranger to Animal Radio. And she'll be coming on telling us a little bit about the whole pentobarbital thing and how it ends up in your dog food or speculation as to how it ends up in your dog food. Also, we're going to have the UTI doctor on.
4: UTI? What? What? Really? we got to
1: call the UTI doctor? Uh, apparently huh? that stands for urinary tract infections. These are big deals, aren't yeah. they, doctor?
6: They sure are. Uh, I didn't know we had a UTI doc. <laughs>
1: yeah. He says that your cats could get this urinary tract infection through stress. They could be stressed out and they can get this infection. Uh, Is that correct?
6: You know what? I I had a cat today with what I suspect is this stress cystitis or what we call sterile cystitis. And it, it really, it freaks people out when we say, Hey, we didn't find any bacteria, but they don't understand how it could still happen. This is probably the number one cause of straining cats with bloody urine in my practice.
1: Okay. So we'll, we'll talk UTI in a few minutes with Dr. Tony Buffington, the UTI doctor right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
2: Well, if you think that you might be the only one who loves your pet more than another person in your life, you are wrong. Really? <laughs> We've got the results of a, a brand-new study that's out on this and how much we love our pets coming up.
1: Hey, Vaughn, how are you doing? i uh, pretty good. Where are you calling from?
2: Yeah, right
7: now I just went through. I'm going through Needles, California.
1: Okay, well, you are on with Dr. Debbie. Who, who are we talking about today? What uh, The cat or the dog? The cat. Okay, what's up with your cat?
7: Okay, we uh, was living in one place, and we decided it needed to be bigger, so we jerked it out and put another modular unit in. But before we moved over the modular unit, he just seemed like he liked to urinate in the floor all the time, in the hallway. Well, after yes. we moved out of there... Now he's wanting to go in the living room.
6: Okay. And, and when he's urinating, where is he urinating exactly? In the center of the room, against the walls, in the corners?
7: Basically about anywhere he decides to. He don't have really direction that he wants to. Like one time it can be in the middle of the floor, one time it can be close to the wall, uh, one time it can be up against the washer dryer.
6: Okay. And, and does the kitty go outside, or are we just staying inside?
7: He just staying inside. Okay. Plus he and, sneaks out.
6: Uh, <laughs> and is he a neutered kitty? Has he been altered? Yes. Very good. And do you have other cats running around the house, too, or just him?
7: i got about nine other ones outside. Holy cow, nine. <laughs> yeah.
6: Ah, uh, Now, do any of those cats come inside?
7: Well, they sneak in.
6: Okay. Alrighty. Now, is there anything else going on with the kitty that has you concerned? Anything else as far as uh, not feeling right? Any kind of discoloration to his urine? Does it seem like he's peeing excessively or is it about his normal amount?
7: Things about normal. It's just like, you know, he'll get upset and that's when he, you
1: know. Sounds like we've lost. uh, We've lost Vaughn. Yeah, we've lost him. He was on a cell there. Hopefully he's listening. But this is a problem that we've had around the animal radio studios. There's so many cats outside that the cats inside spray to mark their territory. I believe that's what's going on. Could that be what's going on with him?
6: You know, absolutely. That's It's a very confusing situation when, you know, he's he's got different signals and different thoughts. You know, cats that are indoors can live a happy indoor existence, but when we start to have personalities in cats that they're seeing and smelling um, that live outside, then there's a whole territory kind of question. So, you know, it's very possible that your kitty could be having problems where he's trying to mark his turf. Um, you know, I first want to make sure we don't have a health problem, and you always should have a, a urine check to make sure we don't have any infections or stones or problems of those natures. But boy, it really sounds like he has the possibility that he is just frustrated. Um, so we'd really need to figure out some way to accommodate his world differently. Um, we would want to either keep the blinds closed, keep the other cats out, and let him live his happy indoor existence, um, or make an accommodation where, you know, we've got, uh, you know, a certain cat that stays inside with him. Um, There's so much that goes into the marking of their territory that some cats will spray on corners, some will spray in the middle of the floor, others will go into bathtubs and sometimes right in front of your very face. So I'd really want to make sure that we kind of block the scenario where these other cats could be, uh, you know, seeing your kitty. And then at the same time, make sure everything's kosher with that litter box because if it stinks, uh, your cat's not going to want to use it. Uh, So you want to make sure you change the litter frequently. Um, Sometimes we'll even play around with the litter types and and try some different varieties out there for your kitty. Um, But if there's any concerns, I'd definitely make sure we get them checked out uh, with the vet give him a clean uh, bill of health in his urinary tract and then uh, work on some of those environmental things where we can try to modify things.
1: Make sure it's not a urinary infection.
6: Yeah, because, first. you know, a lot of times we miss that possible um, infection and we rule it off as a behavioral problem and there's really like a chronic uh, illness going on. So you don't want to miss that. It's a common mistake.
1: We are with Dr. Debbie and she's answering your questions at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 8405 This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. It's always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more over at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at
3: 1-866-405-8405. People say
1: less is more.
2: I'm Lori Brooks. Here's a perfect example of why pets need their vaccinations. We're talking about rabies now. A family dog in Delaware has tested positive for rabies, and that was after biting two of his adult owners while they were attempting to put him in a kennel. And the dog wasn't happy, he got aggressive with them, and two bites happened. Well, apparently the dog was also allowed to roam free when he was outside, and he wasn't supervised outside, was not on a leash, and his yard was not fenced. So it's pretty much impossible to know how that dog contracted rabies. And also, the dog was not up to date on his shots. Rabies is an infectious disease affecting the entire nervous system of humans and mammals. And infection happens with a bite or even a scratch from an infected animal. Or if saliva from an infected animal gets into the eyes, nose, mouth, or opening in the skin of a bite victim. Well, just by the fact that you're listening to this show, I pretty much know that you are an animal lover, right? And boy, do we animal lovers really love our pets. The results of a new survey are out to prove it and show that more than a third of us actually prefer being with our pets than anyone else. If I had taken that survey myself, I would have been in that group. What about you? Of course. A a study of 2,000 (laughs) cats and dog owners shows more than half of them prefer spending time with their pet than anyone else because they you know the pets love unconditionally they don't nag or talk back and they're always in a a good mood and they're always happy to be with you three in 10 adults say their pet is a better listener than their partner while 45 percent like the fact that they are never judged or questioned by their pet 29 percent of the people polled say their four-legged friend is better at snuggling and as much as 44% actually prefer to snuggle and cuddle up with their pets other than their human half. And uh, more than 4 in 10 pet owners admit to giving their pet far more attention on a daily basis than their significant other. I must confess, I, I worry about that. I notice that, how much attention and affection you give your pets and or I give my pets and then, you know. Everyone else, not so much. But otherwise, in addition, when faced with a decision to choose a pet or a partner, only 14%, I thought it would be higher, but 14% would rather spend the rest of their life with their pet. I'm
4: there. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah.
2: You just can't ask for better love. And because we all love happy endings, right? An abandoned dog that was found tied to a tree in the woods of Virginia has finally found its forever home. So many thanks to the Prince George County Animal Shelter in Virginia. Zeus was a two-year-old German shepherd, Lab Mix. He was abandoned by his owner. They left him along with a note at a tree. She tied him to a tree and said that she could no longer afford to care for him any longer. I know, and also found near where Zeus was discovered was a half-eaten bag of dog food, and the shelter really believes that that was a clue, and they they think that they rescued Zeus on the same day that he was left in the woods because it was a, a rainy day that day, and the bag of dog food was still dry but the shelter posted an update on its facebook page just last week that zeus has found his forever home oh, yeah. Yay. and yeah they also took a little bit of time to urge pet parents who are unable to any longer care for their pets to please reach out to their local shelter or rescue right. i'm Lori brooks get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It is Animal Radio love ourselves some pets, and we do some crazy things for them. And Judy, you know I was going to mention this, that I slept in a doghouse.
4: Not twice, once, but twice. twice. Yes, yes you did, for a week at a time.
1: And uh, that was mostly to raise money for a local SPCA. It was fun. It was actually the genesis of Animal Radio, and leaving what was, you know, commercial radio for this Mm -hmm. to to help our animals
4: but you did it in the summer
1: i did do it in the summer it was (laughs) it was warm our next guest ian matheson is joining us he works for field services for the society for the prevention of cruelty to animals in stratham new hampshire hi ian welcome to the show hey how you doing very good so now tell listeners what you did
8: so i spent the night in a dog house outside um during the winter instead of the summer times it was a little bit colder
1: what kind of temperatures
8: um, we're talking in, I think we got down to 21. Ooh.
1: Ooh, so
4: there must have been snow on the ground?
8: We actually, uh, we originally planned it on an earlier date, um, and that was supposed to be a snowstorm, so we postponed it. We did have some snow on the ground still,
1: though. So now, why did you do this?
8: Um, we had, I've actually seen a couple articles coming out um, from the Midwest about dogs that have frozen inside of dog houses, mm. especially the igloo types. Um, oh. Actually, can I put you on hold for one second? Why? Sure.
1: It is uh, Animal Radio, and uh, our guest Ian Matheson has put us on hold for just a second here. Uh, toll free, one 405 8405 to reach out to us.
3: Can I right, do Matt. that? Huh? Duty
1: calls. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, so, so now tell us one more time. Uh, you were out. It was like 20 degrees, and you were doing it to raise attention. To the people leaving their dogs basically out in their doghouse overnight, and a lot of fatalities that have happened this year, and, and crazy stuff. It's been kind of a cold winter, and more and more been, people, yeah.
8: especially up here,
1: yeah,
8: um, with all the snowstorms beginning. Hold on one second, again.
1: Yeah, so very busy guy. He's actually busier than Dr. Debbie, who's uh, yeah, gets...
8: you know, Dr. Debbie's a
1: pretty busy he gets guy. Called
4: away more than she does. He does.
1: Yes, he does. Yes. Well, you know, working Sorry. for the yeah. So, uh,
4: Well, I guess I would think that if the dog was in the doghouse, they'd be protected.
8: And you'd think that, too, and that's what I think when I started out. But a doghouse does not provide the most—it does provide protection from the wind, um, but doesn't really retain body heat the best. You know, when you're talking about plywood, and, you know, you might have some shingles on the roof— Per New Hampshire state law, they don't have to have a door. It's they go in, turn around, and lay down, and it has to retain their body heat. So it's um, particularly the size of the doghouse to retain the body heat of the dog.
1: Unlike Judy, I I know that uh, I wouldn't leave my dog out well, in, in that kind of no. uh, weather. And you know what? It's it blows me away to hear that people do that, especially now that we have our animals. Usually, I'll tell you where my animal is when it's fifty <laughs> degrees, sleeping on the bed, and I will I will shape into whatever shape I need to to accommodate that animal and make sure that they're comfy and warm. It's hard to believe that some other people don't do that. Right.
4: So how long did you last out there?
8: We lasted five and a half hours. Wow.
1: And what was the the factor that you decided okay, I've had enough?
8: Um, It was when um, our feet were starting to freeze and Um, The temperature was starting to drop, and actually my body temperature was one degree lower than my partner that was doing it as well. Okay. Um, So we decided to call it. Okay. uh,
1: For those that don't want to let their animals in the house, but they have a doghouse out back, what do you
8: recommend this time of year? I mean, the- uh, Insulation. If you can insulate your doghouse, that's the best thing you can do and put a flap on it.
5: Yeah.
4: But like the straw or hay, isn't that a great insulator?
8: Um, It is, and that's what- most people believe, but actually dogs, we've seen it, they'll kick the straw and hay out because they don't like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if you give them like a blanket to lay on or a bed. Yeah.
2: Styrofoam is a good insulator as well.
1: Styrofoam, yeah, which is, you know, yeah. something you can't recycle, so just keep a little for the, the
4: house yeah, there. that's a good idea.
8: Yeah. Right. Like you could do um, styrofoam and hay on the walls and use that as an insulator. That's a really great insulator.
1: Okay. Well, I appreciate your time today, Ian. Thank you for spending yeah. it with us. We'll no problem, thank you. Get back to work there. Um Ready. And you know, as as I always say, I mean, come on, bring that animal inside. I mean, they should be inside at least in the garage in your heated garage. Remember, if you can't go outside in the cold,
4: yeah, then they right. can't. If you're cold out right. there, then they're cold out there.
0: Yeah. Right. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
9: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Things looked bad for Sharon Lorio. She had lost control of her car on a curve, rolled down a hill, and was thrown from her car in a heavily wooded area in Georgia. Then things looked even worse when out of nowhere came a large fairy animal. Sharon was bruised and covered with blood and was now afraid she was gonna be eaten by some wild animal when a friendly dog walked over to her and licked her face. The 70-pound dog then pulled her by her shirt collar, dragged her for about 50 yards through briars to the highway, and let her lean against them so she could flag a passing motorist. The wayward dog, now named Hero, was then taken to the animal shelter where his owners declined to take him back because he was always wandering off. Sharon wanted to adopt him, but she already had six dogs. But don't worry, so far, 50 people have expressed interest in adopting Hero. But he's meeting with a trainer for the chance to work as a rescue dog, something he loves doing naturally. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
1: Admit it. You love your dog and he is part of the family. So when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online
10: to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of Petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified fear-free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com.
1: I've been promising it you've been waiting at the edge of your seats. You ready to talk UTI?
4: Let's talk UTIs.
1: (laughs) We have Dr. Tony Buffington. He's a professor of veterinary clinical sciences at the Ohio State University College of Veterinary Medicine. Doctor, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Glad to be here. So what is UTI and is it only in cats? Well,
11: no. Actually, the <laughs> that is one of the many confusing parts of the disease that I study. UTI is an acronym that stands for urinary tract infection. Okay. And urinary tract infections in cats are actually quite uncommon Really? But the signs of a problem related to the bladder all look the same because the cat pees blood, it pees outside the litter box, it sits in the box and screams, all those things. And there's 30 different diseases that, that, that have been identified that can cause that. Now, fortunately, they're not, they're not all equally likely. Some are much more common than others, and since in people – Urinary tract infections are quite common and result in the same signs of pain and 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 constantly needing to go to the bathroom. The assumption is made that because the signs are the same, the disease must be the same.
1: Is there a link between stress and these UT issues that we're talking about?
11: Okay, absolutely. And that and and and, and so I spent my entire career learning about that because it turned and and so just a, a little history, in the early 1990s, I, was, uh, I received funding from the National Institutes of Health to study these urinary tract problems in cats as a naturally occurring model of, uh, of a disease called interstitial cystitis in women, which is a chronic pelvic pain syndrome. And it turns out that, as far as anyone can tell, it's the same disease in two species. What we did with the studies is that we had people who were going to have these cats euthanized because they were not acceptable pests to them anymore, donate them to our research um, colony. Mm -hmm. And what we noticed, the things we noticed when they came in is, first of all, they didn't just have lower urinary tract problems. Many of them had problems with their lungs or their skin or their GI tract or their behavior. And after they got into the uh, the enriched environment of the cattery, we were keeping them in all of their signs went away.
1: (laughs) Uh, Were you scratching your head at that time?
11: Well, actually that started making it easier because the only way that those organs can communicate with the environment is through the brain. So they, the brain had to be reading something in that environment that it found threatening for long enough that it started, that those organs started to function abnormally. Stress, stress is the cause in about two-thirds of the cases, though. So it's, it's the most common cause. Okay, And the way, the, the, the way people, people will notice that they're not using the litter box anymore or that, they, or that they're hiding or that they're starting to act. You'll, you'll pick them up and they'll try to bite you because, they're, because their belly hurts, those kinds of things. They go into the litter box 10, 20 times a day. And Instead that, of two to three, which is normal,
1: and that would be a sign that they're stressed. Is that they may not be using the the litter box?
11: Absolutely, yes.
1: Okay. What can we do to lessen our pets' stress ultimately?
11: Well, with cats, what we do is change the environment, and we decided to do that just because of, of the uh, of the research that we had done. When the environment changed, the animal got better. And so we have a conversation with the owner to try to find out what's going on in the environment. Does the cat, does the cat have a safe place where it can go? Is it being bothered by other cats or the dog or, um, or whatever? Does it, um, um, does it, does it have chances to climb and chances and, and and opportunities to scratch in places that are okay? So the owner's not yelling at it or throwing a can at it or squirting water at it. One of those kinds of things. Um, and so we restructure the environment at the same time we try to talk to the owner and explain to them that that it's just that cats are just a little bit different from other species and so if you put these things into place and let them choose what they want to do they often get better so for example if we want to change if someone thinks they want to change the diet or change the litter you don't just take the take the old diet or the old litter away and give them the new one because the cat might not even know what it is so you always change it as a choice in a separate container next to the usual one.
1: Oh, I like that. Yeah. I've never heard that then, tip before, but that's great. Yeah.
11: And then the other thing that we do, and I'm, I'm biased here, but we've published on it, and, and I'm biased because I'm a nutritionist. Cats are hunters. I mean, that's what they were on this planet to do. And then they just came into contact with us a few thousand years ago, and, and we changed their lives. And so we've, we've become really big fans of using uh, – of, of putting their food in puz- different kinds of puzzles so that they can uh, – so that they have the opportunity to hunt and find their food. And we find that that really improves their perception of control of their surroundings, which is what stress is, is when you lose your perception of control.
1: These are great. If you want more tips like these, head on over to fearfreehappyhomes.com. And of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. Dr. Tony Buffington, thank you so much for spending time with us today. This portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Fear Free.
10: The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified fear-free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com.
12: All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because Canine Caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with canine caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com.
0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: And the pet food recalls, they just keep coming in. It's uh, it's sad, and it's it's amazing to find out what they're finding in the foods. You know, like salmonella, kind of nature-born, it's it's hard to control that. That happens. That happens. Yeah. I can understand that. Uh, we've all heard about the pentabarbital being found in several major brands of food. This is a drug that's usually used to euthanize animals. We're going to find out a little bit about it this hour with Jacqueline Bowen from the Clean Label Project. She's our guest again, and she'll tell us uh, some interesting things about food that you may not have known about, and you want to know before you go out shopping for pet food again.
6: Did you know that um, penobarbital is actually, it, when, when animals are euthanized, it can actually, if you bury your pets at home, it'll contaminate the soil?
1: Really? And what does it do to the soil? Does it get into your fruits and vegetables or what?
6: Well, I mean, there's studies that actually show that, like they did this with horses, that when they buried them, it could last anywhere from three months to 12 months in the soil. Mm. Um wow. so it it basically it's a reason why a lot of communities have rules against Bearing pets within the city limits. Because, oh, I didn't you know, know that. People have gardens mm-hmm. and so forth. So it can get into the 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 dirt. It can get into the water. So um, wow. you know, that's one of the reasons why wow. proper animal disposal is important. So not saying that that's what's going on in this situation, but it's just something for I think people to think of. It's it's actually um, a drug that's no longer being metabolized, and without a body to metabolize it, it just sits there. I
4: didn't oh. even
6: think about. Well, that. you
1: figure that they say that you can't. Flush your pharmaceuticals down the toilet because it, it contaminates our water supply.
6: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything you flush down the toilet, drugs are going to end up in the water, and those things aren't always filtered out. So, so it's just something. Well, for I've the had dogs. horses and
2: help. dogs put down with it, and it's for the horses. I mean, it's multiple, you know, huge amounts of syringes. syringes yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it might be an argument for cremation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, wait a second. Oh, okay. So you'd you still euthanize them using pentobarbital, but you Then
4: would... you would cremate the body instead of burying it, Hal.
1: Yes, I got that. Took, took You're me a, a little second. slow. I am a little slow on the uptake. No,
2: you just throw them in the fire alive, Hal. <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh. Uh, more coffee, please. What else do we have?
2: Well, um, one pet food company is being gobbled up by a big behemoth company that doesn't even make pet stuff.
1: <laughs> no surprise. No <laughs> surprise
2: happening again yeah
1: okay that's on the way in just a few minutes with Lori brooks and our check on the news and let's go to paul hey paul how are you doing
13: i'm doing fine and i have two air-conditioned leather couches now because i am uh sharing my residence with a beautiful um, tiger cat named um tommy
6: (laughs) tommy how fabulous so what's going on with tommy
13: okay number one uh, she likes to sleep with me, which I just love, and, or sometimes I'm just lying down. She'll come up on my lap or on my chest, and either sitting or standing, she'll take her left and right front paws and push down alternately, you know, like she's, mm-hmm. she's walking in, in place, and um, I'm sure she has some code involved, and I figured that Debbie would know about that and well, let me know.
1: Isn't that making biscuits? Yeah, we
6: a lot of different terms for that. Some people call it making dough, kneading biscuits, uh, but that kind of oh, okay. uh, right, left, alternating. A lot of cats, when they do it, they little kind of drool even or you kind of look like they're <laughs> in some kind of trance, that kind of like in another place. Um, but rest assured, Paul, this is good. This is normal kitty behavior. Um, they usually do this when they're content. Um uh-huh. And so it just kind of means I'm in a happy place. Um, I'm loving life right now and all is good. Um, You know, sometimes it can be associated with other behaviors that may not be so good. But, you know, if it's just when you guys are hanging out and sleeping, um, you know, Tiger or Tommy is just kind of telling you that, you know, hey, I'm happy with the situation and I love you.
13: (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Now, she also gets on her back sometimes and she usually almost always doesn't like me to scratch her belly. She'll put her claws out a little bit lightly. And then and try to bring my hand down to where she can bite me. And she bites me very lightly. And then sometimes she just sort of wants to bite me lightly anyway. But do you know why she doesn't necessarily want her, her tummy, you know, uh, petted or something? You know, the midriff, I, you know, I, I, does that make any sense?
6: Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I describe the belly as the no touch zone for cats. <laughs> uh-huh. There are very few cats that actually enjoy that kind of stimulation in that area. There are certain areas that they find it more inviting to be petted or just be stroked, you know, the back of the neck, the chin oh, she loves me to go from her base over
13: her over her head and, and bend her ears back. She loves that, I know.
6: Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's not at all unusual. And I just usually, you know, we don't like to encourage even nibbling and biting behavior. You know, it's it's good if it is in a controlled fashion, but it's very easy for that to get to be out of hand with cats. So it's best uh, we right. advise not to stimulate them in a way that will induce them to want to nibble or to bite on us. Um, so, okay. you know, I stay to those favorite areas. And then just, uh, you know, when you notice that um, Tommy's getting a little bit kind of overstimulated you know The eyes are wide the tails swishing back and forth yeah that's when you stop whatever you're doing um you know because cats do have kind of like a hot button <laughs> once you push it it's no longer fun and it becomes um you know to where it could be overstimulating to them and then they can bite or um okay. growl or
13: get that's it. great um i guess i'm getting a lot in here but um is it normal for dogs to, uh, dogs well uh, normal for cats to chase, um, like I have a couple of mice and a little squiggly like an octopus that has a catnip it. and to, for them to be trained to come back and drop it at your feet, is that normal? <laughs> I'm really happy. Some cats- she didn't do it at first, but after a while she started doing it, and I liked it.
6: Yeah, some cats will do that. It's not something we can count on with every cat, but there are definitely kitties that enjoy a good game of fetch. And so that is fun. It's a great way to, you know, have her <laughs> dispel some energy. So, yeah, you should right. enjoy. You have a really, something sounds like a really uh, cool cat there.
13: Yeah, and she lets me know when she's ready to stop because she, don't, she doesn't bring the animal back. So I said, okay, she's done. Uh, and, oh. and one last question, should I feed her? Um, she's, a, she's four months old. I try to keep some food in her dish. If I'm going to be away for two or three hours, I put a little bit more in so I know she has something to eat. And then I'm trying to accustom her to a 5 o'clock supper when, when I fill it up, you know, more. Because uh, I sort of think like human babies drink milk every two, week, two hours or whatever. Um, but I don't, she's getting a little big and I don't want to overdo it. So how should mm-hmm. I schedule her feeding?
6: Well, there's there's two schools of thought. There's the meal feeding or open bowl feeding. And with either one, the important thing is to actually make sure you are measuring the daily amount. Um, so that gets a little hard to do sometimes if we just get used to pouring and filling a bowl without actually calculating and measuring the daily amount. Whichever method works for you and her, I am fine with. But cats are meant to be nibblers. Um, so if, for cats that are actually in the wild, they eat anywhere from 10 to 20 times per day. So um, you know, just to provide it once a day is not enough. Twice a day for many. Mini- house cats will be fine, Um, but for other cats, we may need to do it more often or to make the food more interesting and put them in food-dispensing toys where they can kind of knock it around and kind of practice, you know, predatory behaviors and like they're hunting for their food, and that can make them a little bit more... um, know um, stimulated more enriched in their environment so that that's a nice thing to look at if you have a
13: toy a toy in with their food you're saying a little
6: well there are actually what they call um, food dispensing toys that have different shapes there's one that i believe is a kitty eggs exerciser there's all sorts of different types but they're little almost like puzzle toys where you put some of the dry kibble inside and they learn how to kind of push it around manipulate it and pieces of food will then fall out so it, it kind of gives her something to do and it also you know it helps to take us a little bit out of the equation so we're not always the one kind of entertaining our cat they can kind of self-entertain a little bit too all right, so you look
13: all into right. That. but yeah it's, just look online it's for good those. to put a little bit in when i'm going to be away for two or three hours and then i know she's not going to get hungry or if it, or if that's going to be over the amount because the, the bag says half a cup and I, I think i give her a little bit more than that
6: Yeah, like I said, if you do twice a day feeding, you know, you're just measuring that amount out and give half in the morning, Mm -hmm. half at night. That's fine. No need. You know, she'll be fine if she's not eating for a couple hours, um, as long as you're not going to be away for a longer period of time. Then you may want to have more of a a food dispenser or a um, larger supply for her to to nibble on.
13: Okay, so I'll finish with when you see a vet, either day or night, you're it's a sure bet that you're doing it right.
1: <laughs> I like that. I like that.
13: You can write that down if you want to. Thank you so much. I love your okay. show and the personality of all you folks. Um, you're, you're just crazy enough, and I really enjoy the show.
1: Well, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate that.
13: I'll be listening. Thank okay. a lot. God bless you. Bye bye.
1: Take care now. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Volani. Now that making biscuits thing,
13: yeah, don't kittens
1: do that to uh, lactate the breasts? And it's a something that they keep doing throughout their life.
6: Yeah, and, you know, there's not there's not a single answer on where we think this behavior comes from. But that is how they stimulate mama's um, breast area to help stimulate milk flow. So that's part of it. But also there's, you know, scent pads um, on oh. the bottoms and the feet. So cats actually are can essentially also be scent marking us when they're doing this behavior as well. So, um, you know, there's different schools of thought of where this behavior comes from. But either which way, um, it's generally a pretty pleasant sensory experience, and it means we've got a happy cat.
1: For, for them, for me, I have a... A, a red belly that's all <laughs> torn up and,
6: you just need to trim some toenails that's all I'm afraid of cat scratch fever
1: oh yeah my no I'm <laughs> not going to do mine okay toll free one 405
0: you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now at
9: 1-866-405-8405 dogs or cats horse or emu Animals are people too. The future looked bleak for Scooter, the abandoned and paralyzed ferret, until he was paired up with Bill Higby, a sort of ferret fanatic from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Higby, sometimes called the ferret guy, adopted Scooter and even built him a little ferret wheelchair that allows him to move freely around the house. Higby takes Scooter to the vet once a week for acupuncture explaining how they're trying to get his chi flowing. All this love, attention, and chi-adjusting is doing the trick. Higby says Scooter is happy and improving every week. Now isn't all this extra care a little over the top? Nope. Higby says it's just what you do for your family. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio.
12: Animals are people too. Animal Radio. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine caviar.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at
1: 1-866-405-8405. Before you pop open another can of pet food, you'll want to hear Jacqueline Bowen. She's the executive director of the Clean Label Project, and she's our guest in a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. We are also taking your calls. If you have questions for Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani, the dog father, it's toll-free. doesn't cost you a penny. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 8405 Dial carefully. This is an 866 number. You don't want to vote for somebody on uh, American Idol or The, the Voice by I- accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can also ask your question from the free animal radio app for iPhone, Android, and Blackberry. And uh, we're going to do a quick check on the news in about 10 minutes with Miss Lori Brooks, our Miss Brooks. What do you mm-hmm. have coming up?
2: Well, more and more these days, animal-loving people are getting together. So, a lot of times, they're you know getting so together, they're falling in love and merging their homes and households, and that usually includes with animal-loving people lots of pets. So, we'll share for you some tips and tricks of getting your your pets on both sides together successfully to lead to a less stressful home. It, it could be tough. I know when you're dating. Ooh, you find out yeah. that,
1: that she ha- she already has cats, and you're wondering if they're going to get along with your cats. That could be a deal breaker
2: right mm-hmm.
1: there. So uh, you're going to tell us.
2: And we talked about those people who would rather spend time with their pets than their animals. That kind of kind of sends the other person out the door.
1: Yeah, I just <laughs> especially
2: it. if they don't like your pets.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble. You're in trouble then. Okay, so we'll find out how to make it a little bit easier coming up with Lori Brooks in just a few
3: minutes. Hal, let me ask you a question, Um, because it's better asking a guy than a woman. When was the last (laughs) time you changed your hairstyle? What what was that? (laughs) When was the last time you changed your hairstyle? You mean
4: he's supposed to change it?
3: Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's uh it's been long hair all my life. And Maury okay. can vouch for that. Thirty years? Yeah.
4: yeah. about thirty years for hell I think. At yeah, least at least. Yeah, I've known him twenty years and it hasn't changed.
1: Yeah. So uh what are you knocking my I, hairstyle or n- n- what? What's going on? No
3: here? no no. I'm not I'm not knocking your hairstyle but this is what I what basically what what I want to say is a lot of people they go into a grooming salon and being that you know spring is really right here right around the corner, um, maybe it's time to change your your dog's haircut and um, you know what a lot of people don't realize is they go to the groomer and they want one particular thing and you know for the most part and and I'm gonna say ninety percent of every client that comes in wants it you know um, short and, and and even and and, and easy. But you know what? Why not add a little bit of style to your pet? Um, I mean, there's people don't realize there are a lot of different styles for different dogs, different breeds, body types, um, tail types, head types, ear types, everything for your pet. I mean, and you can almost, you know, rework a whole dog. I mean, I wish you can do it with people, but... You can make fat dogs look skinny. You can make short dogs look um, um tall. You can make tall dogs look short. Wouldn't that be great if you could um, do that you, for you, humans? Yeah, uh, that well, would be. I'd, I'd, I'd be up for that. Exactly, and I think a lot of people just don't realize it when it comes to their pet. So basically, when when you go to your grooming salon, put your pet in style. I mean, your your pet is a reflection upon you. You walk your pet every day. And the ones that have the really outstanding haircuts, um, you know, they believe it or not, people do stop them and say, "Hey, where do you, you know, where, where where do you get your dog groomed?" And um it makes them feel good because it feels like you know they're taking care of their pet. But when you go to your professional groomer, ask them for the different styles because I am sure they would be really happy to pull out that scrapbook that they never open up. Really, <laughs> all these dogs that they've groomed over the years and 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 want to do something different because we always want to do something different because it makes our world exciting. And I just want to let people know there's a lot of different styles of haircuts that you can do for any pet, whether it's a purebred or a mixed breed.
4: I'm of the mindset that an animal has to look like the breed. The cut has to be a certain breed, so all breeds have to look alike.
3: Well, I agree with you a little bit there. I I mean, I love the standard breed cuts. I like Airedales look like Airedales. I like um, Kerry Blues look like Kerry Blues. But a lot of people don't like the maintenance of these trims. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll do something short and modified where it kind of looks like the, the, like the breed trim, maybe not. But most of the pets now that we're seeing come in, we don't see as many purebreds as we used to. So you get a lot of mixed breeds and a lot of designer dogs like Labradoodles, Golden Doodles, Aussie Doodles, which don't have a look yet, you know, so we, so they're being developed as they go. But the good thing about it is there's so much you can do with them to make them look really, really good.
2: Now, I'm wondering, I have, um, you know, Bulldogs and Pit Bulls. I don't think there's a lot of choice there. Is there, is there something <laughs> well, for me too?
3: That Color. That, the, the, uh, color, yes. Hey, there you go. That was what I was going to say. The only thing you can do is color. And if they're dark breeds, then, you know, then it kind of gets tough because then we got to strip out the color to put, um, you know, fancy color in. And sometimes it's just a little damaging.
1: I'm gonna, okay. I'm, I'm going to speak for the dogs because they can't. Leave me alone. I like my haircut just the way it is. That's what the dogs are saying right now.
4: Okay. I don't agree, Hal. I think they're saying, yeah, you know I what? I want to be noticed. I want something special. I want to strut my stuff. I want people to look at me. Oh,
2: you got what it. do you say, Roro? <laughs> I can't tell you what. You know, he's giving me that bulldog look, and I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> touch him, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Joey,
1: did you hear General Mills bought Blue Buffalo, one of the last great foods, for $8 billion?
3: $8 billion. That's, you know... General Mills. So do we have to worry about recalls that they were going to find Captain Crunch, you know, in the dog food now? I mean, <laughs> wow. What it does go to show is how much money is actually in the pet industry, hopefully, sure. They'll, you know, maybe raise the standards a little bit compared to some of the Oh, um, you, you, know, would that. you would hope that. You would think that they
1: might, it but goes actually, the other way. it goes down. Well, let's take a look at, uh, like, Smuckers, for instance. Just throwing that out Smuckers, the jelly people who own uh, gravy train, kibbles, and bits. They also own natural balance, which we, at one time, was mm-hmm. a really good food. And then it got kind of lumped in, and the quality of the ingredients that they sourced became the same as gravy train. All of them involved in the pent incident that we announced last week with the euthanasia drug.
4: Yep, there's only going to be a handful of companies now they are going to own all the different types of dog food. You look at the market, you look at the shelves, there's hundreds of food and only going to be a handful of companies that own them and make them.
14: In today's automotive news, ready for a fresh look at 2019 models hitting showrooms this year? Acura is rolling out the new RDX. It has a new large grille design and new dynamic body design. Audi is showing off the new A7, pulling style from the new A8. The A7 will get a front fascia from the A8 and also get A8 interior design elements. Chevy will soon start selling the new Silverado, which is 450 pounds, lighter and comes in a diesel. For more, go to OurAutoExpert.com. I'm Nick Miles.
10: Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day.
2: This is an Animal Radio News Update. And I'm Lori Brooks. There's another big buyout planned in the world of pet food. General Mills says it has agreed to buy out Blue Buffalo pet products for about $8 billion. General Mills will be paying about 40 bucks a share for Blue Buffalo, which sells dog and cat foods under brands like, uh, maybe you've heard, Blue Life Protection Formula, Blue Wilderness, and Blue Basics. Anyhow, the deal has been approved by both companies' boards of directors and such, but it does still need to be approved by government regulators, and this deal comes as global food giants of All kinds are out there snapping up makers of natural and organic pet products, which are really outpacing other brands when it comes to growth. Well, now more and more people with multiple pets are getting together, dating or moving in together. Pet people are attracted to each other. But everyone needs to be aware of how to introduce pets properly. Experts say just like when your pet first met your new significant other, Same thing. Plan to make the meet-and-greet of each of your pets on neutral territory, which is a whole lot easier to do with dogs, right, than it is with cats. With dogs, of course, you can easily take them for a walk, but one of the biggest issues that arises when merging pet households is making sure that all the animals get along. So start off on the right foot. Make it neutral territory to begin with. Perhaps the biggest challenge is when one pet is moving into another pet's home, you <laughs> Try to manage it in that case so that at least for a few weeks, the pet who lived there first gets the majority of the space and don't move that pet's toys or food bowls or even their bedding until that adjustment period is over. There is no magic number of days or weeks, but just make sure that you know the signs of potential conflict, especially for dogs. Things to look out for with dogs include when they lower their tail or they start licking their lips or turning their head away or even cowering and if you see a fight brewing between cats separate them before it gets out of hand finally malcolm alexander he spent nearly four decades in prison for a crime he did not commit fortunately though the innocence project worked on malcolm's case and he got the proof needed to prove his innocence but only after spending 38 years behind bars Now, however, when he left prison, Mr. Malcolm Alexander was not alone. In fact, the day after he was freed, he got to reunite with a dog that he had raised behind bars. The dog was a nine-month-old puppy. Her name is Innocent, or he called her In for short. And as a well-behaved inmate, Mr. Alexander was allowed to have Innocent with him as a companion animal in prison as part of a special program which allowed the dog to even go to his prison work sites with him. He's just happy to have Innocent with him. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at
15: AnimalRadio.com.
10: Hi, Talent Cable. Let's talk about dog behavior. Dogs need attention. They need your attention. It doesn't matter if it's positive attention or negative attention. If you're giving your dog attention, he thinks you're rewarding him. The best way to teach your dog how to behave is to only give him affection and attention when he's doing the right thing, the thing that he should be doing. Ignoring your dog and taking attention away from him is powerful. Turning and walking away. Turning your back on him, totally ignoring him. Let's say you bring your dog in from the street and you want to clean his paws with a towel. You get him to go down, and when you start to clean his paws, he starts moving around and fidgeting, and you start getting frustrated. So you start talking to him. Lay still. Well, the more frustrated you get, the more you try to get him to lay there and let you clean his paws, the more he's going to get excited and jump around. So what's the answer? As soon as he starts to get excited, you just stand up quickly and stare off into space. Or walk away into the house and leave him there for a couple minutes. You might have to do it over and over again, but eventually he's going to get the message that if he acts that way, you're not going to pay any attention to him. You're not going to touch him. He'll start to realize that the bad behavior's not working anymore. And when your dog gets the idea that you want him to lay still, or you want him to just lie down when people come over and ring the doorbell, he's going to do it because your dog wants to please you. And he wants to be with you. It's important to understand that dogs are very sensitive to you, your body language, what you're doing, where you're looking, how you're carrying yourself. People get into trouble because they want their dogs to be there for them. When they want them there, then they want their dogs to do a disappearing act when they don't want them there. When they're not in the mood. They want to be able to flick the dog on like a light switch. Once you understand how dogs think, how they communicate what their body language means, you can teach them just about anything. How to go to the bathroom outside, how to heal, sit, stay, how to behave when people come over to the house. The key to it all is patience, calm leadership, and total consistency so that your dog's able to learn the rules. Because dogs need rules. Doing that will make your dog calm and fun to be around. And don't forget, they need plenty of exercise. Get more tips at AnimalRadio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It is Animal Radio. We love our pets, and we're very concerned about what they ingest, what they eat. And Lori just reported that General Mills just bought blue buffalo, for eight billion dollars holy moly wow.
6: Jeez.
1: there's really only a handful of companies that own all of these brands of food you know you you go there you go to the store and you look and you say wow how do i make a selection there's an amazing <laughs> selection and variety but really there's only about three or four major brands and they all source their foods from the same places you might remember the melamine uh contamination many years years ago that's when it became really evident Mm -hmm. that all of these foods are are being sourced from the same place and that it's all about branding for the companies they want you to think that they're you're getting some special healthy food but it's just all the same crap you know who we have back on the show right now is Jacqueline Bowen she's the executive director for the clean label project and she really woke me up to this whole problem a few months ago when they tested 99 pet foods and found everything from arsenic and heavy metals in the food. And, uh, of course, she's on top of this whole thing that's going on with pentobarbital in food. Uh, hi, welcome back, Jacqueline.
15: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
1: So for listeners that uh, are just tuning in this week that don't understand how pentobarbital ends up in their food, in their cat's or dog's food, how does
15: this happen? Well, it's really interesting because right now... The FDA still has still not released the results of their investigation. One possible way is through contaminated ingredients. That one thing that we could possibly see is that the ingredients came from a rendered animal facility where essentially animals that had been euthanized were ended up ended up in the protein supply chain and were ultimately used in the creation of these finished products.
9: Okay, so
1: this is a company a big company, Smuckers, which we know for their jams and jellies. They own, uh, how many pet foods do they have?
15: Oh, many. Uh, I know at least in terms of part of the recall, I know that both Old, Old Roy was recalled as well as Skippy, as well as, of course, Gravy Train and Kibbles and Bits. And that's only a small percentage of their overall portfolio of pet food brands.
1: Yeah, can you tell me a little bit about those particular brands of food before the Pentobarbital was discovered in them. Were they good foods before that?
15: Well, it's interesting, and, and it really depends on, on what you're looking for. Um, all of those particular products are value-priced products. So it's one where, you know, just because something is value-priced does not necessarily mean lower ingredient quality. But to your point earlier, one thing that we did identify, um, Olroy is actually the private label brand for, for Walmart. So for each of these products, clearly they are sharing the same ingredients.
6: And you know what, I, I just want to comment because when we say penobarbital, that doesn't mean what kind of animal it came from because it's a medication that is actually used to euthanize not just dogs and cats but large animals um, that are not meant to be in the food animal world. Well, so the presence of penobarbital, it doesn't mean necessarily this is a dog or cat that's end up in food. Mm. It just means there is an animal. We'd have to do DNA testing to find out is what kind of uh, animal meat so is So it could that.
1: have been a cow or a pig.
6: It's possible,
15: but largely when it comes to different euthanasia drugs, you would be looking at dogs or cats or even horses. Um, typically, different types of stunning is used in the euthanasia of farm animals. So hopefully the FDA investigation will give us a little bit more insight of exactly the source of that contamination.
1: Are there any good foods out there?
15: You know, actually, based on our testing, and in 2017 the Clean Label Project released a pet food study Um, We tested nearly 1,100 of the best-selling dry and wet dog foods, cat foods, and treats in America. And while you do see a significant quality gradient between the top and bottom performing products, there's a bunch of really great products out there um, for consumers that are looking for something that's both healthy and nutritious as well as low in industrial environmental contaminants.
4: I want to know how the pentobarbital was discovered. Was it discovered just during regular testing, or were animals becoming sick?
15: So far, based on the investigation I've seen, as well as what Gravy Train has released, um, as well as the investigative reporter, uh, Lisa Fletcher, is that it was just through routine testing for penobarbital. Um, obviously, we had the Avengers recall from several months back. And knowing that just that particular brand was implicated at that time, I think it was just one where, you know, what is the breadth and depth of contamination within pet food? And just building off of that premise, is ultimately where the pentobarbital was identified within these gravy train products
1: we are with Jacqueline Bowen she's the executive director of the clean label project and we're talking about the discovery of pentobarbital in dog food many uh, brands of dog food and this is a drug that's used for euthanasia that may have come from uh, rendered animals horses cows pigs we're, we're not exactly sure the FDA is doing investigations on that and uh, they're continuing investigations and we're going to continue right after this break so stick around
14: In today's automotive news, what's new in dealerships for 2019? Ford will be selling a new 2019 Edge and introducing, for the first time ever, a performance SUV, the Edge ST. Honda will be reissuing the Insight brand. The new Insight will be positioned between the Accord and the Civic and will have a two-motor full hybrid system. It is positioned as a replacement for the Honda Civic Hybrid and is expected to get around 50 miles a gallon. For more and to see the Insight, go to OurAutoExpert.com. I'm Nick Miles.
10: Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day.
12: I'm going to pepper spray you in the face.
10: Oh, thank you. Alan Cable, it's time for today's kook watch.
12: Thank you for leaving my kayak alone.
10: This lady in Alaska thinks a bear can understand what she's saying.
12: I'm going to pepper spray you in the face. That's what I'm going to do to you.
10: Huh. I don't think the bear liked it.
12: Go away. No, and away from the kayak.
10: If she just would have left the bear alone, he probably would have walked away.
12: Stop it, bear. Stop it. Bear. 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 You're breaking it. Why are you breaking my kayak?
10: Why did you pepper spray me? I don't know about you, but if I were the bear, I'd be running from her voice.
12: Why are you here?
10: Incredible as it may seem, the bear isn't talking.
12: Oh, bear!
10: Why does she keep calling me bear? My name's Bobby.
12: Bear!
5: Oh,
10: bear! And I thought Goldilocks was annoying. Bear! This is
3: Animal Radio, baby.
1: Oh, what did he
5: say? He said, we're all across the USA, the most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're
6: everywhere you go. Animal Radio. Animal Radio.
1: It's Animal Radio toll-free, 405 8405 We will go back to the phones in just a couple of minutes. First, we are with Jacqueline Bowen. She's the executive director of the Clean Label Project. She's no stranger to Animal Radio. She's, uh, she's really made me aware of just what kind of crap is out in our pet food. And uh, it, it makes me a little bit leery, actually, to... To just go into a store, a pet store, and just pick a a food anymore without at least consulting the website, you do have a database and a list of good foods and bad foods over at the website. Is that correct?
15: That's correct. So you can check out cleanlabelproject.org, look under pet food, and we have a five-star rating system that we basically are able to pull all of the different test results across over 150 different industrial environmental contaminants, And drill those down into an overall five-star rating that you can check out on our website. And
1: is there anybody in your pocket?
15: (laughs) Nothing like that, (laughs) no. I can tell you this, is that uh, since we released that study, I definitely haven't received any Christmas cards
5: from different
15: pet food brands. (laughs) Because, uh, you know, at at the end of the day, for us at Clean Label Project, I mean, it's, you know, marketing departments do such an effective job at selling comfort and security um, and so, for us, it's all about exclusively using data and science to be able to see to see past all those claims. Um, so, yes, yeah, us—it's it's really about the data and science.
4: So, what if my pet food is not on your list? If I can't find it, is there any way I can find out if Penobarbital is in the one of the ingredients?
15: Well, I would definitely tell you this. And so, when it comes to pentobarbital, um, there was over just over a hundred products that so far were tested. And I'm hoping that with obviously all of the attention that this matter has received, that a lot more brands will be doing testing. So if you have any hesitation or any questions, overall, I encourage consumers just to speak up, ask your brands for literally details, to substantiate any claims they have, and specifically ask if that product has been tested for pentobarbital.
1: You're doing a certification program, aren't you?
15: That's correct. We do have a new certification program. So essentially the way that it works is it's for brands that are interested in getting certified and having the Clean Label Project on their package. And what we do is we require unannounced testing. What we look to do is literally simulate the consumer shopping experience. So we don't tell brands when or where, but we randomly pull products off store shelves, test it, and it needs to, speak, it needs to meet the strict requirements of the Clean Label Project code of practice.
1: And they can put their that's seal crazy, on their. That's,
2: pretty, isn't that's that? pretty cool. How many people have, um, how many companies have, have come forward to say, hey, you know, try us?
15: Just a handful so far, but it is a brand new program.
1: Yeah. Do you charge for that certification?
15: We charge just for the cost of literally to perform the testing.
1: So when when I pick up a a bag of food over at the store, I see this picture on the front of the bag that includes it looks like a T-bone steak and some.
15: I would eat
4: it.
1: <laughs> carrots and tomatoes and all these vegetables. Is that anything like what's in our food?
15: Oh, right. No, I mean I can tell you this. It's fascinating because when you look at over 1,100 pet foods and literally a of over 75,000 data points, you see trends. And one thing is clear is that the cleanest protein source when it comes to pet food is turkey with the most contaminated ingredient um, by far being fish. And oh. we think about the fish that we eat, we think about fillets and those types of things, vastly different from what's put in pet food. In pet food, you're talking about things like, the organ meat the skin the bones the fat and all of these have a tendency to bioaccumulate heavy metals which is why you see these significant contamination within fish based pet products.
1: So General Mills we just learned uh, this hour General Mills bought Blue Buffalo for uh, eight billion dollars and Blue Buffalo uh, started out as sort of a premium food. What do you think is going to happen now?
15: It, It could pretty interesting to see obviously um, General Mills this will be their first foray into the kind of natural pet space Um, you know I think time will tell in terms of um, how Blue Buffalo can affect the rest of the brand or any additional quality assurance and quality control improvements that could possibly be made based on the influence of one of these legacy type brands
1: Mm, Okay, I appreciate you spending time with us what's the website for listeners to check out
15: Check us out at cleanlabelproject.org under pet food.
1: Jacqueline, always great to hear from... Well, it's sort of always great to hear from you. I mean, you give me some bad news, but I like hearing from you. So uh, you you check in anytime you want. Jacqueline Bowen from the Clean Label Project. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. We got to get on out of here. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you need, need your fix during the week, download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and Blackberry. It's a free app. Thanks to those folks over at Fear Free. If you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, "How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend," over at uh, Amazon. They're Kindle books, awesome books, by the way. And we'll see you next week.
2: Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. And feed uh, those babies some clean food, huh?
5: Sick and
7: moody, always adopt, don't declaw. Yes